people that is our own and we care and love for them and we've seen over the years God use them and bless this church and we appreciate their ministry their love their caring and their message and I just feel like God has given them a tremendous word for us today and I want to encourage you just to take heed I want to encourage you to put yourself in their life what they're going to say because I think you're going to find some common ground and we're going to leave this place this morning praising God for how God has raised us and what God has done. So would you welcome as congregation, welcome Mitch and Cassie Smith. They're going to come and share the word this morning. Bless you. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, we could just lay these mics down and go home. Oh, my the presence of the Lord this morning. The presence of the Lord. Lord, this is you. This is all you, Jesus. Almighty God. Father, we welcome you in this house. We welcome you in this message this morning. God, let it be what you want said. What you want done. And Lord, we just yield ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. Pastor Rex the mic, he told Cassie she had the preacher mic. So. Look out. <laughs> you know, our goal today, go ahead and put Proverbs 27, 17 up there. That's in the amplified version. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend to show rage or worthy purpose. And another uh, version of the Amplified says, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. So we're going, iron's going to sharpen iron this morning. Amen? Amen. 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 Um, our goal is not to say, here we are, look at us. That's not the goal. Um, our goal is to encourage you to step outside of your comfort zone and lead, lean deeper into the promises of God. Um, there's no way we can share all of our story with you today. We'd be here till next week. As We'd we still were, be talking. As we were studying for this, thinking about what we wanted to share, I keep thinking of different moments in time that would, you, you know, that would be, yeah, that would be a good one to talk about. That would be a good one. But like she said, we can't share all of the things God's done in our lives. He, he is, you're right, Roger, he is so good. so good. And when we look back on our lives, we stand amazed at what he's done in our lives because um, we weren't raised in an environment where children were, were encouraged and admonished and, and built up. Right. We were raised in, you know, some of you, I've told some of you before, my dad was an alcoholic, so a lot of the things that I heard growing up was, you're just like your dad. You're going to be like your dad. You're just So I tried real hard to be like my dad in my teenage years. And see, for, see for, there's a, let, me, let me just put this little point in there for y'all that's still raising kids. What you speak over them, when they, when they give up trying to prove you wrong, they'll try to prove you right. Amen. Just file that for future reference. So I want to share a scripture with you, and I know we're getting, we got notes here, we're, uh, you know. but we decided that they were just kind of like a backbone. Suggestion. Is, yeah. <laughs> what she calls a recipe, it's a suggestion. You really don't have to do that. Um, so this is Psalms 127. Can't get too close together or we start ringing there. Sorry. 
Um, and this probably isn't on your list. No, it isn't. Um, it's Psalms 127, verse 3. It says, Lo, children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a skillful warrior are the children of the youth. So what, what I took out of that scripture many, many years ago is, and I, I've shot a bow since I was a little kid, so I, I kind of got it. It kind of meant something to me. But when you put an arrow into a bow, you have to pay attention to what you're doing to make it go where you want it to go. You can't just pull it back and let loose and it's going to hit the target. You've got to have a little bit of, give a little bit of direction to it. And I took that to mean I was to give direction to my children. I was to speak into them and yes. point them in the direction yes. that they were to go, not just pull back and let them fly. Anybody can be a dad, but it takes a man of God to be their father here on the earth. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, um, but let me re any man can be a dad. Let me fix this. Because in the, in the age we live in, things can get messed up real quick. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Okay, can you stick our first picture up when we got married? Mitch and I got married very, 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 very young. young. I turned 16 August 24th and got married September 29th. Not the smartest thing I ever did in my life, but it was the smartest thing I ever did in my life. Does that make any sense? When I looked at this man, I saw then what you see now. I don't, it was a God thing. I had it hid really deep, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you notice we got married in a store. Yeah, see all the flowers around? That was, we thought that was pretty cool. On the other side of the flowers was bras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the preacher was on his lunch break, so he married us while he was on his lunch break. <clears throat> yeah. We knew everything. Well, we're just sharing our story with you. <laughs> and you, it can't make, out. you can't make this stuff up, guys. <laughs> and, it, and it started out very humble. We had to borrow $20 to pay the preacher. Okay, that's broke. That's broke. Um, but we were determined to do it our way. And life was hard. Uh, we got married in 1979. That was the year of no jobs. Does anybody remember 1979? There was no jobs. <laughs> and, and we were in, we got married in eastern Kentucky. That's where both of us grew up at. I grew up all over the place, but I ended up in eastern Kentucky is where I met Cassie. And as I look back now, I also see that that was God's hand in moving us out of there. Because yes. he took me out of the environment where all I did was party and carry on and do foolish stuff and put me in an environment where I didn't know anybody, so it had to change things. Yes, no. and I, I came out of a culture, um, hmm, how do I say this? Sometimes was pretty harsh. Sometimes was pretty harsh. And, um, you know, I'll just tell you, I'll tell you what's wrong with you. I'll tell you what's wrong with you. That's kind of what I grew up in. That was normal to me. Kids, Parents, pay attention. When your kids are seeing normal in your household, let it be God things. Yeah. Yes. Not Amen. bickering, not squabbling, not fighting over money, not fighting, 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 screaming, yelling, hollering, throwing things. Don't do that because that's normal. 
to them. That's what they grow up in. That's normal. When they become adults, that's normal. You want to know why there's so many divorces in the world right now? First of all, the devil made it easy to get out, check out. I'm gone. But the second thing is that that was normal in their home. Bickering, squabbling, fighting, screaming, hollering. And you know what? When they got into their marriage, they started bickering, fighting, squabbling. And somebody said, I'm out of here. Peace out. I'm Some, gone. Something, something to think about is, dads, when you are, the way you behave to your spouse, to your wife, how you treat her, think about this. Is that going to be okay if a man treats your little girl that way when Come she on. grows up? Huh? And moms... The way that you're treating your husband. Or the way you talk about him to your girlfriends. Yeah. Right. Is that going to be okay for a woman to treat your son that way when he grows up? Because you're training them, like she said, what's normal. You're, you're ingraining in that, that in them what, what, their, what their trajectory is going to be. I'm getting yes. ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Okay, so you can tell none of this is on the notes. We have five pages. Probably not going to get through them all. Pastor, if we get long, just kind of, you know. <laughs> okay, so 1979. So what we're going to do, we're going to just kind of go do, do flyover. Do a flyover of our timeline and just kind of drop in here and there and show you guys some pivotal things that changed us. Now, we don't have it all going on, Okay. I'm not all that in a bag of chips. But life's only perfect on Facebook. Amen? All the happy faces, everybody's great. Everybody's showing the new car. Ah! It's only on Facebook, folks, really. We, you know, we live in the real world. We have struggles. We have disagreements. We have um, hardships. But you know what? God is good. God is faithful in all of it. And even when the devil is cranking it up, Okay, cranking up the tension, cranking up. Just go in your prayer closet and just, you are good. In the morning I sing you are good. Yeah? Yeah. Keep on getting better. That's all. That's all. And you know what? The devil can't do nothing but shut up, get out of here. I'm out of here. You know? He's checking out. He don't want to hear how good the Lord is. So if you start praising God... He'll kind of make himself sparse in your life. Amen. <coughs> so, no jobs. And Mitch started um, cleaning stalls and working on a dairy farm for $2 an hour and all the milk we could drink. <laughs> Praise God for the milk, right? <laughs> um, then he decided he would upscale and he picked apples. They were 45 cents a bushel. And you didn't pick apples, blump, 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 blump. Tell them how you picked apples. You had, to, you had to climb a tree and pick them. You had to have a basket. The basket went around your shoulders, and you had to lay the apples in because if you dropped the apples in, they would bruise them, and they wouldn't pay you your 45 cents for that bushel. And then when you dropped them out, you had strings. You rolled them into your bag gently. And if you picked 100 bushel of apples in a day, you did something, honey. <laughs> he was so proud that day. He picked 100 bushel one day. He came home, he said, I picked 100 bushel today. But you know what? That was a lot of work. And he had big red stripes on his back because the, the bags were so heavy all day long. So, you know, for 
So when we look back at our story, we just are amazed at how God used us, how God used those situations to teach us things. Understand that whatever you're in, no matter how hard it is, no matter how uncomfortable it is, know that God's teaching you something. Just say, Holy Ghost, show me whatever it is I'm supposed to learn in this mess because I don't want to do this again. If you look at the situation when God brought the Egypt or brought the Israelites, the children of God, out of Egypt, it, it says it took 40 years to go for them to get to the promised land. But do you know that the distance from where they were to the promised land was only a 10-day journey? How many of us make a 10-day journey into a 40-year trip? Right. Because we don't listen to God. See, God took them out of Egypt. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. That's it. And sometimes it takes a long time to get the things out of us that were in us. I had made myself a little note of, uh, uh, you know, when we were talk, going to talk about pivotal points in our life. We got a hold of a set of camp meeting tapes one time from... Um, World Harvest Church, and the, the one that really stuck out to me was a man named Dwight Thompson was preaching, and he come in the church with a golf cart. They opened the doors, and he come in. He had a golf cart covered with bags of stuff, right. and you know he, he had this set up between him and Rod Parsley, and then they start talking about what's in them bags, and Dwight Thompson said, well, them's my burdens. He said, I take them everywhere I go, and he preached on us carrying our burdens into the past and ruining what's in our future because we couldn't lay down the burdens of the past and leave them there and focus on what's ahead of us. We, we spend too much time driving looking in the rearview mirror. That's not nearly as important as what's in the windshield. Amen. Amen. You can put that second picture up there. Mm -hmm. This was about a oh, year or so later. Couple three. Yeah, couple three. Close to a couple years later, Wes was uh, a baby. Got my go-go boots on. Maybe. <laughs> I'll keep talking. So, Mitch was picking apples. We lived in a pink house. And it's still pink today. <laughs> it had an outhouse. It was, uh, it had um, a water pipe. The water was a water pipe that stuck up out of the floor, oh, about four inches, wasn't it? I had to use a small cooker to get water. And it had a spigot on the end of it, and that was our water. And uh, we about froze to death in that house. That was the coldest house I ever lived in in my life. We had a Stokermatic heater, uh, what do we call that? Stove. Stove. Coal stove. <laughs> it's a coal stove. So it would it would but it would it would put out a lot of heat. So um we just crank that sucker up, buddy, and we set our bed up in that room because it was so cold in that house. And I, when I slept, when I went to bed, we had a twin size bed, that's all we had. So here we are in a twin size bed, right? Cassie's pregnant. You know. It, not comfortable. <laughs> but anyway, so we're we're sleeping in this room with so cold. It was so cold. And when I, I had the broom, I kept the broom at the headboard of the bed. This is no joke. This is no lie. In the mornings, I had to sweep the snow off the floor to get out of the bed. And that stokermatic's running. 
running, running. We about froze to death in that house. But we didn't. So then we graduated, and we moved into what I lovingly call the mud hut. <laughs> Wasn't much better. It was a block house. Had no, there was no insulation in it whatsoever. No plumbing. Had an outhouse, you know, 30, 40 yards down the path from the house. I hauled water, didn't even have a, a, didn't even have a spigot through the floor. I had to haul water in gallon jugs and five-gallon buckets. That's what, how we got our water. Yep. But that's, that was where we started, and that was what, and I, you know, when I look back on it, it was hard, but God was teaching us something. Yes, he was. Cassie, I'll tell you this about her. She said every time she flushes the commode, she says, praise God. Still today. <laughs> Still today, <laughs> you turn on that washing machine, you flush the toilet, and you're like, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for water. Because, you know, if you've not carried water, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Amen. Okay. So, um, we finally got jobs. There, there was no Jesus in our lives at this point. And we, got, we both found work at Ponderosa. So... Most of our paychecks were $100 or less for, what, two weeks? Yeah. And uh, our youngest son was born early. So the doctors at OSU kept saying he was going to die. The doctors at OSU said, you don't understand. He's not going to make it. You need to prepare yourself. But God. Because I want to tell you something. You know, the, you know, people say, well, God doesn't hear a sinner's prayer. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Let me tell you something. A mother talked to a father. I was laying in the hospital at Holzer. Mitch came in. They said, this is what the doctor did. He came in. He said, your son can't breathe. We're going to ship him to Columbus. And out the door he went. Well... Here I was, what was I, 19, 19, 18, 19. And, of course, you know, Mom flipped out. And somebody else had to come in to read the chart and come in and explain to me what was going on. And so they took him to Columbus. Mitch asked me, he said, what do you want me to do? You want me to stay with you? You want me to go to Columbus? I said, go with him. I'll be all right. I said, go be with him. And the doctors kept saying, I was, I was at Holzer for four days. The doctors kept saying, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Every time something else would go wrong. But I'm going to tell you something. A mother talked to a father. A mother, and I, 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 can't, I can't even tell you really what I said, except that Jesus saw the real me for the first time. And the Lord came into that room and said, your son's going to be okay. I've got something for him to do. And so that word bloomed in me. Didn't know the Lord lost us a goose in a snowstorm. But that word took root in me. And so when the doctors would say, we had to up his oxygen again. He's, he's, we can't keep his blood pressure up. We had to up his oxygen again. Okay. But he's going to be okay. He's going to be all right. No, ma'am, you don't understand what I'm saying to you. No, you don't understand that I heard from the Lord. So he's going to be all right. Amen. And they were all like, she's crazy. <laughs> you know. But you know what? He's almost 40 now. He has two children of his own. And he's a man that serves the Lord and raises his family in a Christian home. Amen. So go Jesus, right? Take that OSU. <laughs> 
So, we, you know, when OSU gives up on you, you're in a bad way, right? You're in bad shape, but God. So after that, she got saved and I went to church with her. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and then I had a brief career as a sweeper salesman. And, that, and it, this truly was a pivotal moment in my life. You don't think of being a sweeper salesman as a pivotal moment in your life. But it was because we were told, we were forced to go in three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And we had to, and they called it sales meetings. But what it was, was they made us sit and listen to motivational speakers. But what they didn't know was these motivational speakers was putting the word of God in me. Yeah. It was guys like Zig Ziglar and Charles Jones and Bob Murphy. And I, those three, there was other ones, but those three stick out to me because I still, I went and bought the tapes and I still pull them out once in a while and listen to them. There was one thing from Charles Jones. He was teaching on when he first became, um, uh, he first got into sales and he was the manager of the office. And he said, I wanted to quit every day of my life. And he said, but that didn't mean I had to quit. And he said, uh, he said every day I'd say, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. He said, I'd tell my wife, I'm going to quit. And then he, he said, but I got to the place where I realized that wanting to quit was not a prerequisite to quitting. It just meant I was growing and I was being stretched. And, and he said, once I figured out that I didn't have to quit because I wanted to quit, he said, I began to enjoy where I was at. I have to get that out every now and then and use that. Yes, yes. Can you put Proverbs 16:9 up there, the message, the message version? We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Understand that, you know, if, if you're doing something in your life and you are, you say, okay, this is the plan. This is the plan. Okay, let me read it to you in the Living Bible. We should make plans counting on God to direct us. But, but don't get a plan and then say, come on, Jesus, get, in the, get on the train. Let's go. This is the plan, you know, and expect him to bless it. Because he's like, really? <laughs> you don't see what I see. You don't know what's ahead of you like I know what's ahead of you. Trust, trust him to direct your steps. You know, uh, we say, oh, Lord, your will be done in this. And then you, you're halfway down the road. You're halfway on the, you're on the track already way down yonder. You know, and, and, and you're asking God to, come on, Jesus, get with me here. And maybe we ought to start by saying, Jesus, what do you think we ought to do? And from that point, move on. Amen. This he, is Hebrews. Go ahead. This is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 in the Amplified. It says, for the word of God is living and active and full of power making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of the person, and of both joint and marrow, the deepest part of our, natural, our, natu of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intents of our heart. Amen. So it's, Jesus knows if you mean it. He knows more than you do, if you mean it. You say, oh, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want. No, you don't. No, you don't. 
So I'll tell you something. Something we learned, and it took us a long time, and there was a, there was, there was a beautiful silver and green GMC truck involved in this story. Um, <laughs> I wanted this truck so bad. It was a new truck, and I was... When I f we, we had both went through school when I, we were both lab techs at the time, and I, we really couldn't afford the truck. But I kept praying. It, it's like she was saying, I was saying, God, get on board with this. You know, I, I, need, you know this truck. I need this truck. You know, I want this truck. <laughs> and, and I kept praying for it. And, you know, finally I, I heard God speak to me, and He said, You can have that truck. Go get it. But it'll be a taskmaster in your life. And I'm like, Whoa. So I said, No, I don't want it. And probably I don't know it wasn't but a few months after that we were driving around in the country I gave up on getting a truck wasn't really looking for a truck and we were driving out through the country and there was this it was a F-250 it was a God sent me from the Chevy to a Ford and back to a Chevy never mind <laughs> <laughs> but anyway this, this F-250 I, I really liked the truck it was an extended cabin stuff for fifteen hundred dollars, and it, I I drove the truck for I don't know two or three years, and then what happened to the truck at the end is another story, and we'll leave that one alone. I will tell you, God told him to give it away, and he did. <laughs> but that's another story. Okay, it's not about just using the right formula when we pray. It's not about okay. Cassie said, you say Jesus. Blah, 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 blah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what Cassie did. Well, that won't work because Jesus sees your heart. He sees what's the intention in your heart. He sees the posture that you're taking. Are you praying about something to get stuff? Or are you praying about something to see what his will is? See, he's not, he's not against you having stuff. He's Jesus, against stuff having you. He's against stuff having you. He's not against you having money, but he's against money having you, right? See, there's a difference, big difference. So it's, talk, it's about laying down your plans and following God's plans for your life. It's about acting like, you know, it's not about acting like you're, you're right in public on Facebook and when you get home or on the job, you're something or someone else different. You know, is, is that what's going on? Jesus sees that. He sees the intent of your heart. He knows what's inside, not what you put on Facebook. Amen? Amen. Yeah, right? So I know this is heavy truth, but it's good truth. And good things come when we allow, allow the Holy Spirit to correct. Um, it changes the trajectory of our lives. So how do I do that? How do I do that, Cassie? I don't know how to do that. You repent. And say, God, I messed up. I'm sorry. There's no big old holy father. You know, I used to listen to people pray those wonderful, eloquent prayers. And I would think, oh, if I could just pray like he prays. Oh, if I could just pray like she prays. Jesus would hear me then. Well, Jesus didn't need another her. He needed a me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus didn't need another Cassie. He got one. He needs, he needs Leah to be Leah. He needs, you know, Micah to be Micah. He needs you to be you. And, and he knows when you talk just plain, just dish rag plain, that's all I know how to be. Um, he, he knows that. He knows when you're being real. So. Yeah. Okay. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
what translation is Good that? news. Good news translation. <laughs> <laughs> what is GNT? Hang on a minute. Every test that you have experienced is the kind that normally comes to people, but God keeps his promise, and he will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain firm. At the time when you are put to the test, he will give you the strength to endure it and provide you with a way out. Amen. There's always a way out. When you're feeling the, the, the heat of the enemy, when you're feeling the screws of the enemy twisting down on the vice, you can say, Jesus, what's the way out? I don't see the way out, Lord. I know there is. And you have, you have to be obedient when he shows it to you. And it may mean you get up out of that break room and you go start back to work early instead of listening to the rest of the, I'll tell you one thing. You know, i tell you what I tell that man. You know, there's another pivot point in our life, and we didn't have it in our notes, is I was working in Columbus as a laborer for block masons. At the time, I don't know, I was making like, eight or ten dollars an hour there was four of us riding up there every day to work no baby you were making five five oh <laughs> i brought it home and give it to her <laughs> but anyway i was making i was making a lot more money than what i ended up and you know we were baby christians but i really felt like that i tell you what got me david my youngest son he come to me because we would get up at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and I see Mary sitting back there I was working with her husband Danny and my brother and there, there was about four or five of us and we would ride up there sometimes in the back of a pickup truck with a tarp pulled over us <laughs> to, to keep because it was raining yep but w we all would get there but David asked me one day like I said we would leave at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning get home at like seven o'clock in the evening be dog tired eat supper go to bed and David asked me, he said, David was about four at the time. He said, Dad, do you still live with us or do you just come to visit for a little while sometimes? <laughs> and it broke my heart. And I said, I ain't doing this no more. Right. So I got a job at the college out at the University of R Rye Grand. I think I started out making like $2.95 an hour in the housekeeping department. But that was a pivotal point in our life. Yes. And do you want to? Well, you know. We're already there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I, when I started working over there, I wasn't making any money at all. But it was, a, it was God moving us in a direction to where yes. he, he started talking to Cassie about going back to school. And um, Well, let me, let me pop in here for okay. a minute. <laughs> so I'm standing in the line at the Ewington Church Christ Christian Union, and I'm waiting to pick up my box of cheese. Okay? That was good cheese. That's <laughs> good cheese. <laughs> but anyway, I was waiting to get my food box because we needed it. And it was November, and it was 1989. Now, that's how pivotal this is. It was raining. And I didn't. I had both my kids with me. And that made, would have made Wes six and would have made David three. And I was trying to cover them with my arms. I didn't have an umbrella. I didn't have a jacket. I did, it just started raining. So I was trying to cover them with my arms to keep them from getting wet because David always got pneumonia when he was little. He got pneumonia a lot and I was worried about him getting sick. But, I, but I need, we needed the food so I couldn't get out of the cheese line. 
So I'm standing there, and we were baby Christians, didn't know nothing about nothing. We didn't know nothing about nothing. And I said, and again, God sees you. He divides he divides the marrow and the bone, okay? He can go to the heart of what you're saying. He saw my posture of heart, and I said, okay, God, if this is what life is, if this is all there is in life, I'm done. Let's go. I'm ready. Take me out. Take me home. I'm done. I can't do this this way the rest of my life. Lord, if you show me what to do, I will do my best to do it. And I'll be daggone. He took me at my word. <laughs> he said, okay, here we go. That's all I was wanting you to say, right? He was just waiting on you to say something. He was just waiting on you to get to the end of yourself. See, self has to die. Self has to die. And it's, it's ugly, and it's hard, and sometimes it's loud, and it's, you know, it's, it's never in a closet where nobody sees you. Oh, no, it's out in front of God and everybody. So they can all see you, right? You know, I don't know about you, but that's how it works with me. It's kind of like, a, okay, it's out in front of God and everybody. Here we go. But self has to die. If it, you can be assured if you decide self's going to die, that the enemy's going to fight. And he's going to make self raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up. So be aware if you make that change, you decide self has to die, that the devil's going to push every button you got. The last place that he was successful in your blow-ups is the first place he's going to punch the buttons to get you riled up again. Amen. See, I don't have to be nothing but dish rag plain, so here we go, right? But it's the truth. It's a hard truth, but it's a good truth. It's a good truth. Um, so know that when this, when this comes, when, when you start fighting, you know, you're saying, flesh, you're going to die. You're going to die. Self has to die. Know that the devil's going to fight you on it and understand that. He'll use people. He'll use people, but see the enemy. See the enemy. The Lord spoke that to me one time, and he spoke it deep into my heart, and I could feel his pain because I was so mad at this woman. Because she was what the devil was using. And it was ugly. It was flat out ugly. And the Lord said, see the enemy. I said, well, I do see her. She's standing right there. Hit her with a lightning bolt. Why don't you knock her to China? That'd be good. Right? Take her out, Jesus. But you know what? And then the Lord said, no, Cassie. See the enemy. And it broke my heart because I could feel the sadness in the Lord. Because he didn't mean for me to be mad at her. He wanted to be mad at the enemy. So understand that. When you have all these, when the devil starts trying to punch these buttons and rile you up again, know that it's, he's just after your flesh. He just wants you to fly. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go to Walmart. I'm just going to go to Walmart and go shopping. You know? When the, when the Lord's already give you a word on being cautious with your finances, I'm just going to get on Amazon. I'm going to order me some stuff. I'm done. I'm done doing without. I'm done with all this mess. Huh? Does that sound familiar? I've been there, done that. You know, okay, go ahead. Okay, but anyway, when the Lord started moving on her to go back to school, 
we were having a conversation and, and we had both been out of school for like 10 years we both quit high school because we were we knew not everything. because we were stupid it was we because we were everything. stupid <laughs> I, i'd rather say we knew everything so we didn't think there was no need for any more <laughs> but anyway she said bitch i don't know if i'm smart enough and i was working at the college at the time and i said listen i work there every night i see them kids that's going to school <laughs> Honey, there ain't no doubt in my mind if they doing it that you can do this. <laughs> but I'm going to tell that's you. The, that's the exactly how I said verbatim it. verbatim what the man said to me. But you know what? I said, okay, Lord. And I felt like I was just stepping off the, the top floor of a building. I felt like I was stepping out into the unknown. And it was so scary to me. I was what, 26 at the time. And so, but the Lord met me at every turn, even down to providing shoes for school, clothes for, for school, money for gas. All right, he paid for it all. He, he bought my calculator. He bought my notebooks. He bought my, I didn't have to buy pencils. I didn't have to buy anything. When I needed uniforms to do my clinicals, he paid for that. Okay? know that because you know when you go to college it costs money you know even though even if you get uh scholarships and things to help with the with the schooling it costs money for the other stuff right so know that you know when god puts you on a trajectory you got your thingy do the thingy (laughs) okay so i got a little laser pointer here i gotta make sure it's above everybody's head over there all right See it right there? It's over on that wall. Can everybody see it? Now I'm going to move it a quarter inch up here. You see what a change that it made down yonder? Yeah. What if we move it like two or three inches? Didn't make a lot of change here. But look how much it Big made change there. there. Understand that when God changes you, he doesn't. See, the Lord told me one time when I said, I was, I was looking back over our life, and I'm like, God, you've been so good. You've been so good. And he said, I said, I said why didn't you show me any of this? Why didn't, why didn't you show me any of this? He said, because you chickened out. He said, if I'd have showed you all the stuff you had to go through to get where you are, you'd have chickened out and quit. Yeah probably would have but you know what he does you have to allow him to make that adjustment a little at a time he's patient he's patient he's not a dictator and says well Romy you screwed up you done buddy that's it God doesn't do that even if even if there's a mistake he gently encourages you he he comforts you he loves on you and he says come back come back this way come back this way Right? So to make that story a little bit shorter, she I finished. She, yeah, and it's getting. <laughs> Wait, we about there, ain't we? Yeah. Um, she, <laughs> she, well, she was going to school. I helped her study, and I said, that's kind of interesting. So, and it took a lot to get me to go back to school because I was never a real good student in school. And I, I just wasn't a great student through, you know, junior high and stuff. And when I got in high school, like I said, all I did was party. I made D's and F's. So I was very leery of it. So I stepped into it. We both went to school. God moved us through that. 
and then out the other end we come into a place where we both have decent jobs and we're like spending money like crazy and yeah. we get us we get ourselves into the worst financial mess Big we've ever been mess. in our life because Big it's mess. like we had payments on payments we had payments for vehicles we didn't even have no more right right it was bad it was bad but you know what we had to learn we had to follow the leading of the lord and so uh, we get a hold of these tapes we have to skip this piece okay <laughs> we're gonna run out of time we got to skip this piece um, so the, and this, this pivot point was a very radical time. And see, you know what the Lord knew? He knew when we got these jobs, we was going to screw up and spend all kind of money we didn't have and borrow some more money to spend on some more that stuff, right? Because we never had money. You ever heard of the Beverly Hillbillies, swimming pools, movie stars? <laughs> right, right, We didn't right. have no movie stars, but we had several cars and swimming pools. <laughs> right, right. So, um. We were still baby Christians. We were given a little bit, 20 bucks, 30 bucks in the offering plate. But what we learned, we got a hold of a set of tapes, and it taught about tithing. And so it was like, you know, so then we said, okay, we need to tithe. Because, now let me tell you something about tithing. Tithing was before the Old Testament. Tithing was in the Old Testament. Tithing's in the New Testament. And tithing's right on after the New Testament. It's your covenant connection. Yes. See, we are, we are three-part. We're body, soul, spirit. We operate in three realms. We operate in the, in the physical realm, what we do in this house, what we do out in town. We operate in the spiritual realm, what our prayer life's like. But we also operate in the financial realm. Money is like, the Lord told me one time that money was, he said, the life of the body is in the blood. Didn't even know that was in scripture. It's in Leviticus. Didn't even know it was there. But the Lord said the life of the body is in the blood. And money is like blood to the financial man. And know that if you let it, it will drive your boat. The financial man will drive your boat. If that's, what you, if that's what you choose to allow to be the leader in your life, you need, to be the, you need to let the spirit man be the leader in your life. Everything else will fall into place. Now, the flesh is going to scream. Yeah. The flesh is going to scream when it has to die. But it's good. Yeah. It works. Amen. So, we started tithing 10% off the net. Well. Then we found out tithing is supposed to be off the gross. Tithing, it says, off of the first fruit. Right. Not the fruit after the government got their cut. <laughs> so who's the first fruit going to if you tithe off the net? Uncle Sam. He doesn't get my first fruit. <laughs> but you know what? We learned that we're Abraham's seed. And we're, we're, God told Abraham he would be blessed and he would be the blessing. And you know what I said? I said, well, Lord... I can't be the blessing if I can't pay my electric bill. What is wrong with this picture? Ain't nothing wrong with God. Right? When, when you look at it and you go, what is wrong with this picture? There ain't nothing wrong with God. It's something wrong on my end. Had all them pay and we'll tell you what we called them payments. We called them stupid payments. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Stupid payments. So we learned to tie 10% off the gross. Well, let me tell you something. When you've got stupid payments... 
and you got more than you can afford, where do you, where does that extra ten percent where does that extra to make up the ten percent out of the gross come from? Groceries. Right? Because that, that's your wiggle room. That's what it was when we were there. That was the wiggle room was the grocery money. So we had to up the tithe to make it right. See, we had to repent. Yes, you repent, but yes, then you start making it right. So we had to take that money out, grocery money, to pay tithe. Now, is that a good thing? That's a good thing. Because God blessed. And I know that's, I'm feeling it. Y'all get, get, get squeezed in here. But that's okay. It's a good truth. It's a right truth. Hear what I'm saying to you. I'm not here to say, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. I'm here to say, this is the way. This is the way. This is covenant. This is covenant principles. Amen. Amen? So, you know, I, we were still really living tight. And I had started praying pennies from heaven. I got my bucket. Sit right down. Okay, Jesus. I'm ready. Fill her up. Pennies from heaven. Let's go. Right? God ain't in that. You know what he told me? He said, it didn't take you five minutes to get in this mess. And it ain't going to take you five minutes to get out of this mess. Oh. <laughs> oh. And he, and he taught us through that that he could miraculously wipe out all of our debt. Yes. But we turn around and be right back in debt because we didn't learn anything from it. So understand that when he's walking you out of something, let him walk you out of it. Let him give him praise along the way. Let him walk you out of it because you'll be better in the end because he sees where you're going. He sees I don't have drive this thing. He sees where you are and where you're going. Where you are, where you're going. Where you need to be, not where you, where you, be. Not where you want to go. Right, right, right. And I have, st I, have st I have stood in the parking lot at Aldi's with a $20 bill and said, Jesus, this is what I got. You're going to have to bless it because I can't feed them boys. I had teenage boys. You go ahead and feed teenage boys for a week on 20 bucks. Go ahead. Right? And I said, Lord, I can't do this. And I did this more than once. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. God gave me markdowns. God gave me clearance items. I ain't too proud for that. I ain't going to let flesh get in the way. Flesh going to die. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take this home. And I could feed my family for a week on $20 because God was in it. Because God was in it, right? Amen. Amen. We do need to talk about this for just a minute. We'll be Go brief. Ahead. We got a hold of it. About this time, we got a hold of a set of a tapes from a guy named Norville Hayes. How many of you have ever heard of Norville Hayes? He is awesome. Awesome teaching on the tongue and on the word, the confession of your mouth. See, when you, when God created the earth, when he created man, yes. he taught man. He, when he brought Adam out and he paraded the animals before Adam and said, Adam, what is it? Do you think that's because God didn't know what that was? He was teaching Adam, what you say it is, is what it is. What you call it, that's what right. it's going to be. And that's what he was, when we got a hold of this set of tapes, that's what we learned is the words that come out of our mouth have power, negative or positive. Right. If you say, I got more month than I got money, you will always have more month than you have money. Right. Right. You know, if you say, my children are knuckleheads, your children will be knuckleheads. That's right. If that's you right. say... I am blessed, I'm anointed, 
And you, and you and you tell your children you are somebody. You're created in the yes. image of God. They'll grow up and they'll act like they're created in the image of God. God has mighty things for you to do in this earth. You know, understand that what you say points the start moving the trajectory. And you know what? We didn't realize how negative we were. We had to catch each other. And we, it was, we never took offense at it. It was a game. It was kind of a game that we did. When we catch each other being negative Nellies, we'd say, you've been negative. You've been negative. So, you know, and it was like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it that way. Because you know what? We're li we live in a cut-you-down culture. We live in a culture that, I'm going to tell you, you're not skinny enough. You're not rich enough. You don't have the right car. You don't go to the right college. You don't do the right stuff. You just don't have it all together like, like this person does. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right? Look at this on, t look at this on TV. <laughs> it's all that. No. That's like Facebook. It's not the real world. It's not real life where we live. It's, yes, it is an idol. So know that. Allow God to show you what he wants you to do. And if you don't tithe at all, let me encourage you to just start giving. Don't, you know, God's patient. He's not a dictator that says, well, if you don't give it 10%, I'm going to just, you're gone. You know, if that was the case, we'd all be gone. Right? Because we've all messed up here and there, right? So know that if you don't tithe, start. Say, Jesus, I'm going to give $5 every Sunday. If that's what you've got, that's what you've got. You know what? I've cleaned up change out of the floorboard of my car and put it in a plastic bag and put it in the offering plate before because that's all I had to give. Amen. So know that God will bless your efforts. And as you are moving, your trajectory's moving. Amen. And you may only move a tiny little bit. But your trajectory's moving, and he will get you where you need to be. He will get you where you need to be. Amen? Amen. So it is pretty close to time. Yeah. We've made it through like a page and a half of our I've notes. About five pages, about right? About five pages. <laughs> Very few stories of our life. But it just goes to show you that when, if, you, if you will submit yourself to what God wants to do in your life, you will have people come to you and say, that's crazy. But wait a minute, isn't there a scripture that says the wisdom of God is foolishness to man? Yes. So if you will listen to what God is telling you, right. you're going to go against what conventional norms in our society tell you to do. Right. You may walk away from the best job you ever had. Yeah, that I did that too. <laughs> Uh, my husband was making, was working part-time, no benefits, for half what I made on the hour. The Lord said, I want you to quit your job. I said, what? You want me to do what? And so, Mitch came home, and I said, I've heard from the Lord. <laughs> he said, and he looked at me just as serious. He said, what did he say? <laughs> like, oh God, I said, he told me to quit my job. He said, you didn't hear from the Lord. <laughs> You didn't hear God. This was October of that year. He said, nah, you didn't hear God. You didn't hear God. I said, okay. And in, the, in my spirit, I heard the Holy Ghost say, shh. So I didn't talk about it no more. And I just prayed about it. And in April, he comes and says, you know, I think God wants you to quit your job. <laughs> you think? You think? 
But you know what? When we did that, when we stepped out and did that, in the midst of a hiring freeze with no overtime, no benefits, no nothing, Mitch got full-time with benefits. So, and a race. So it, when you step out on nothing. Now, the reason, the reason God told her to quit her job, our kids were starting to have trouble in school. Wes was getting very belligerent. Very. Yes. He was running with the wrong crap. And we were, God was impressing on us to homeschool our kids. And there was no way to do that with both of us working. Well, we tried it, and it was really bad. <laughs> it was really so bad. <laughs> that, was, that was the reason for her quitting her job, so that we could home the school the kids. And we put in them what we, what we felt like God wanted put into them, not right. what somebody right. in the and government. One more, one more click about the, about the finances. The Lord told me to give $10 a month to Jesse Duplantis Ministries. I didn't have $10 a month. Well, I said, okay, we'll do it. Came time to write checks, 10 bucks. Jesse Duplantis Ministries every month. When I started homeschooling the kids, Wes in third grade learned the word scholarship. <laughs> he learned that word. He could spell it and he could tell you what it means. My mom will get scholarship, go to college. I said, okay, baby. So when I pulled him out to homeschool him, I never said nothing to anybody. So you don't say stuff to people. You don't have to share it all with people. Say it to Jesus. Don't say it to people. Because people will tear you up. <laughs> they'll clean try, your clock. And they'll try to steal your word from you. That's true. So, so I never said anything to, to anybody but Jesus. I said, Lord, you see this boy. You see his heart. And the Lord said, I want you to sow $10 to Jesse Duplantis Ministries. And I did that faithfully for about three or four years. Not a lot of money. But you know what? Wes got the Atwood Scholarship at Rye Grand, which a home, is a, a homeschooled child with a full four-year ride to, to Rye Grand College. And this was absolutely God. It was absolutely God. Wes got money in his pocket to help pay for his books, to help pay for his gas, to help pay for his food. He drove down the street one time. He drove down a walkway at Rye Grand. You know those big wide walkways at Rye Grand? Yeah, he drove his car right down through there one time. Y'all have to ask him about that. <laughs> I know he's watching. He'll, he'll <laughs> yeah, the police were like, who was that driving that car? That was Wes. But anyway, know that when you obey what God says do, even if it's a little bit, good will come. Come on, praise team. Amen. Um, I want to close with Psalms 37. Is that okay? Yep. We've like lived said, in this, this for like years. Said, this, you only got like two pages, so there's, yeah, you're there's right. a lot more there. Lots more. Um, so Psalms 37, 23 through 25, in the Amplified, says, The steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord. And he, and he, look at that, capital H, that's God, right? God delights in his, little h, so that's man's, way. By the Lord. When, he, when God delights in man's way, and God busies himself with man's every step. Right? When he falls, 
he will not be hurled down because the Lord is the one who holds, who grasps his hand in support and holds him. So you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. But you just get up. You just get up. Keep getting up. And if you can't get up, call me. Call me. I'm a good mom. Get up. You can do it. Yes, you can. Get up. See, I'm a bootstrap mama. Yep. That she is. <laughs> we leave you with one thing. It's this. Anytime you got to make a decision in your life, bathe that decision with prayer before right. you make it. I right. started to tell you all ago, one of the things that we learned about finances was if we got to make a major decision, always pray about it for three days before you do it. You will be amazed how many times you decide, I really didn't need that, you know, when you pray about it for three days. But any kind of decision you made, any kind of fork in the road, bathe it in prayer and ask God to direct your path and he will praise the Lord praise God he'll do it for you praise the Lord amen give the applause to the word of God do me do me this special stand up stand up with me folks